Hey there, Mama, and welcome back to the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast, episode 70. I'm Emily McDermott, and I am here beside you on this journey as we work together to declutter your home, head, and heart. So yesterday, after my first Frequently Asked Questions episode, I posted something on Instagram that hit a little too close to home for some people. I wrote, if you have time to scroll your phone and buy things from Instagram ads, you have the time to declutter. So if you listen to that episode on Tuesday, we were talking about some of the frequently asked questions I get, including where do I start? What do I do when I don't have the time to declutter and how do I get my family on board? And if you want to submit a question to be featured in next Tuesday's episode, all you have to do is either email me at info at simplebyemmy.com or you can go to my podcast page, which is simplebyemmy.com forward slash podcast, scroll down to where it says start recording and you can leave a voice message for me. So I look forward to answering those questions uh, next Tuesday and hope that I am still speaking the truth in love, which is my intent. And today's guest is Casey Jones. Casey Jones and I connected over Instagram in the minimalist mom community that I was a part of and still am. And we actually connected because I had been doing Instagram lives at that time. I was going to have her as a guest, but then she had some complications having to do with the birth of her son, Colt, who later on passed away. And today we're talking about a pretty difficult topic, but something I think will be helpful for you to listen to Casey's powerful story just about her minimalism journey in general, and then how the foundation of simplicity and minimalism in her life helped her to navigate child loss and also the grief that followed uh, when her son Colt passed away. Now, Casey teaches women to live intentionally, minimally, simply, and clutter-free to make room for what matters most. And she can be found at That Minimalist Mom on Instagram and Facebook and TikTok. I'll make sure to link to all of those in the show notes. So I know you're really going to enjoy and be blessed by this conversation with Casey. So what do you say? Grab that notebook and pen and let's dive into today's conversation with Casey Jones. Hey there, mama. Are you tired of all the stuff crowding your home calendar and mind? Do you wish you could say goodbye to the endless to-do list running around in your head? Want to declutter but don't know where to start? You're in the right place. Welcome to Mom's Overcoming Overwhelm, where you will find proven and practical solutions to declutter your home, head, and heart. Hi, I'm Emily, a wife, boy mom, and simplicity seeker. I struggled to get pregnant and felt overwhelmed until I discovered decluttering could create the physical and emotional space I needed to become a mom. Now two kids later, I've transformed my life and motherhood by developing simple systems around decluttering, capsule wardrobes, kid stuff, cleaning and tidying, meal planning, time management, and more, and I can't wait to share them with you. If you're ready to reclaim the time and energy you crave, be present with your kids, and finally enjoy the life and motherhood you so deserve, let's kick overwhelm to the curb, shall we? Grab your lukewarm coffee, your notebook and pen, and clear off some counter space. Let's do this. Hi, Casey. Thank you so much for coming on the Moms Overcoming Overwhelm podcast. I am so excited to talk to you today. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So you and I connected over Instagram, the wild world of Instagram. (laughs) And I had actually reached out to you because I was doing these um, minimalist mom meetup things. And I had asked if you 
want to be a guest. And we just kind of sort of connected in that space and kept in touch over this time. Mm -hmm. So I'm just really grateful for you and your perspective on all things simplicity and minimalism. And I would love it if you could kind of introduce me, introduce me, introduce everyone else (laughs) to you and like, tell us about you and your family, just kind of, you know, the people that you serve in this minimalism space and kind of how you like to spend your time. Absolutely. Um, So my name is Casey. I go by that minimalist mom on online. I actually previously was a kindergarten teacher. Um, But I've slowly transitioned um, from your typical nine to five to living a simpler and slower life as a work from home mom now. So my husband and I, we have three kids. We have two here on earth and then one, um, as you know, who passed away last February. Um, So our family really values like experiences and creating memories and spending time together. So we do a lot of like hiking and playing board games and you know, watching movies, swimming, that kind of thing, spending lots of quality time together. Um, So I started sharing about my journey online and then just found a lot of moms who relate it um, about wanting to, you know, spend more time on the things that matter. And so that's kind of what I advocate for is making more time, you know, getting rid of things in our home that take up our time so that we can invest it in things that matter more. Yeah. And just out of curiosity, because I don't know the answer to this, how long have you been kind of pursuing this simpler, more minimalist lifestyle? I would say about seven years now. Yeah. And I've, what I've noticed about you is like, I keep telling people there's not this final destination that you like arrive and all of a sudden like, Oh, there's confetti and fireworks. And it's like, you've arrived (laughs) at the destination, minimalism, simplicity, decluttering. And what I love is that you really keep looking and evaluating and going like, no, there's more that I can remove. That's getting in the way of what matters. And it's like, you know, I could look at your account a week ago and you're like, okay, more stuff going out, more stuff coming out. And I just really appreciate that because I feel like so many of us look at our homes just kind of like, is this repository of stuff and all the Mm -hmm. memories associated with it and everything. And I like to see it as it seems like you do too, as sort of this more fluid, like we are here, but the stuff is going to kind of come and go and that's, that's okay. Right. Yeah, you're so right. There's it's a journey and there is no like final end destination where you're like, woohoo, I'm finished because mm-hmm. you're never done and your your life is just constantly changing. And so the things in your house change as well. Um, and what meant something to you, you know, a month ago might not mean the same to you now kind of thing. Yeah. And just kind of normalizing that that's okay. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Because I feel like in like our culture, you know, and, and you're in Canada, but even just sort of that Western culture, mm-hmm. it's sort of like, oh, okay, well, you own something. And so it means this much and you have to hold on. So I just think it's a very refreshing um, viewpoint. And I would love it if you could take us back since I definitely, we talked to our overwhelmed mama friends here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> If you could take it back to a time in your motherhood that you were just overwhelmed by the chaos, it could be the stuff, it could be just, you know, the schedule, the calendar, it could be mental clutter, just any of those things and kind of bring us back to that time and sort of when you're like something needs to change and sort of what was the catalyst for making that change? 
Yeah. So when you say that, like I can literally picture the pivotal moment in my life when this happened. Um, so my two oldest, they're 18 months apart and I had just gone back to work full time and I was trying to manage like all of the things. So like working full time, taking care of two toddlers, trying to manage a home, like cooking, cleaning, laundry, like all the things. And I truly, truly felt like I was drowning in both like the responsibilities and the stuff in our home. And I was just miserable. I was wishing away the days, which is so sad to, to say and to even think about. I wasn't spending any quality time with my husband or my kids because it just felt like there was never enough time in the day at all. Um, and so finally I got to the point where I was like, my husband and I sat down and I was like, this cannot be what we were put on this earth to do. And because we're working all the time and when we are home, we're just too busy managing all the stuff to even spend time in our home and enjoy it, enjoy the space. And then like, not to mention always feeling 10 steps behind on all of our responsibilities. And then, you know, going to bed and waking up and doing it all over again every single day just didn't sit right with me. It didn't feel like that was my purpose. And so that's kind of when I was determined to find another way to live, a more meaningful way, I guess you could say to live. So that was really like the catalyst for us to make some really, really big changes. So after that conversation, we actually sold our home and moved into a much smaller home. It was just a bungalow and we rented out the entire basement. So we just lived on one floor. It had two bedrooms and we had to sell like 90% of our belongings because they wouldn't fit in the home. It wasn't because I was like trying to be a minimalist. I didn't even know what that was at the time, but it like literally wouldn't fit into the home. And so we sold like 90% of our belongings. And then we discovered how much easier it was to maintain a home with so much less stuff in it. And it was like all of a sudden we had gained back all these hours in our day to spend together. And so that was like, like the big aha moment. Like, wow, we didn't need that big home. Like it was so much easier having this tiny home. Yeah, that's such a countercultural idea yes. that, you know, everyone is always like, okay, you go to school, you get the job, you get the house, you get the bigger mm -hmm. house, you get the bigger house. Mm -hmm. And I don't think people recognize just sort of like the freedom that comes from living in a smaller space. And my yeah. experience is different in that, you know, I'm in a townhouse, so we do have a ton of space as far as like, it's like about 2000 square feet, 2,500 mm -hmm. with the basement. But a lot of times I think, oh, well, if we live closer to family where the cost of living was lower, I know that we would be in a bigger house. And honestly, I don't want that. <laughs> I know. I don't want to be in a bigger house. And everyone thinks I'm crazy. You're just kind of like, well, mm -hmm. don't you want more space? I'm like, no, because I feel like I've been thinking a lot about this concept of capacity. Like my capacity in this season is to manage a certain amount on my plate. And so, yeah. you know, if I have more space in my home, I may not want to fill it, but I live with other people. Yeah, <laughs> and, exactly. And yeah, the general thought is like, oh, we need to fill the space. So it's mm -hmm. really amazing that you were able to kind of just, again, think about, okay, what matters here? Like what matters the most? And then yeah. being able to live with, with less and to have your husband and you both on board with that. And I know now I think you're living in a different home, right? Yep. And yeah, so, so this kind of yeah. goes, sorry to interrupt you. No, no you're <laughs> this fine. This kind of goes back to what you were saying about it being a journey and like, it's always a learning process. So after that home, we moved from my husband's work and we moved back to a bigger home. 
um, because that was like what was available really at the time. And, and we were thinking like, well, we'll love it. We'll keep the same amount of things. It won't be that big of a deal, but there was still like so much dusting and vacuuming. And I was like, I hate this big home. I hate it. I want my tiny home back. And so then we moved again and yes, we bought a much smaller home again. And we just like, it's a constant learning curve. Like, oh, okay, maybe we do want the big home. Okay, nope, we realized again, that doesn't work for us. So then back back to the smaller home again. So we're constantly learning and reevaluating, you know, what yeah. works for us. And again, that concept of fluidity, it's like, you don't have to be mm. stuck, you know, you don't have to be yeah. stuck in a certain place or a certain lifestyle or anything. And I think that's really interesting. I was talking to someone, Mary Simpson, who's also kind of in the minimalist world and Instagram minimalism with Mary. And she has a similar story in that downsizing by about 75%. And just this kind of feeling like the clutter creep, you know, like, oh, mm -hmm. well, you know, we could fill the space, like we could fill this closet. And it takes yeah. a lot of discipline to remember like, no, we have this amount for a reason. And yeah. this is what makes sense for us. And so then in that case, it doesn't really matter except for the cleaning part, like you said, and the dusting, yeah. <laughs> vacuuming doesn't really matter because you're kind of managing the same amount of stuff. So that's really, really interesting. So I want to move into just something that you and I kind of have connected over, over the year plus that we've known each other and just about kind of having that foundation of simplicity, minimalism, understanding what really matters to you and your family and the values that are most important. And when you go through a situation that is really um, unimaginable and really difficult, how you're able to navigate that, but also have that foundation kind of supporting you through difficult times. So um, I was hoping you could kind of talk to us a little bit about that because I know you've said it's been about seven years, right? Since you've kind of yeah. been on this path mm -hmm. and just kind of how, you know, the loss of your son really was able to be impacted also by some of this work and mindset shifts and all these things that you kind of had already personally. And then also within your family, if you want to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so it really gave us the opportunity to be with each other more in a season where we really, really needed that. So the opportunity to, you know, grieve together, have that quality time as a family to, you know, mourn and heal without having to worry about all the other insignificant, you know, responsibilities we had previously. So because we had simplified our home so much, we had all those hours that we gained back already that we could now spend with each other, which at the time was all I wanted to do. I just wanted to like soak up every single moment with my other two kids. Um, and that's like exactly what we did. So we went on a family vacation and my husband, he took like three months off work and we really just focused on healing our family. And a lot of that wouldn't have been possible had we still been living in that big house with all that stuff to manage and, you know, all the responsibilities that came with that. And then, you know, the routines that we had set up, simplifying our house, the habits that we had created really, really came in handy when you're, you know, in a really dark period, you know, things don't pile up the way that they would otherwise. And I could imagine that if I was still living in that house with all of those things and not having those habits, that things could have piled up 
really, really quickly. And, you know, I would have been drowning in all those responsibilities, which would have made the whole process even worse because I wouldn't have had no one like how to dig myself out when I was in such deep grief. Yeah, that's really very powerful because, and also I was thinking about just sort of how your time is spent. Cause it's obvious that the quality time with your family mm-hmm. is like the most important thing. And do you feel like the way that you have approached um, activities and your schedules as a family that you were having kind of that foundation of, okay, we're not having the kids and, you know, a million activities and we're working like 14 hour days and whatever. Can you talk a little bit just sort of how the minimalism in your schedule was able to support you in that time as well? Absolutely. So I feel like COVID played such a big part in that because that was like the great this thing when all the activities got canceled. And that was like a big aha moment for me being like, what? I don't have to have my children in like hockey and soccer and music lessons. Like it was so wonderful getting that time back. And so then after that, we've only put the kids in one sport each. Like they get to choose one activity or sport that they get to do. And that was kind of what we had created. And so that was super manageable to be able to take them once a week to you know hockey it got us out of the house we did that as a family but had there been you know five sports a week like I wouldn't have been able to do that during my grieving process like it was hard for me to get out of bed every morning and so I would not have been able to keep up with that busy schedule so I'm so fortunate that our schedule was light um, and then it really supported being able to lean heavily into you know grieving and healing as a family Mm -hmm. Yeah. And just having, like you said, those foundations of the routines and the systems that were able to Mm -hmm. support you so that Mm -hmm. it's like, okay, because then I learned recently about this concept of having like your floor and your ceiling (laughs) when it comes to these things. So like, you know, obviously in that time of grieving and healing, it was more like the floor level, you know, and you understood what that was. And that's okay because you had like the base of what mattered most as far as like, whatever, like laundry, it's kind of like keeping the house picked up and that. So I think that that's really um, helpful and it's good for people to understand that because you never know. um, I know, you know, this better than anyone. You never know when a hard season is coming. And so when you are able to kind of have that foundation, then you're able to kind of weather those storms a little bit better. So I know that when anyone, they experience a loss, there's always things, there's always stuff that is associated with that relationship. And to lose a child, which I cannot even imagine there, even though Colt was on this earth for such a short amount of time, there was still things that were part of that experience. And one of the ways that I try to help people look at sentimental items is understanding whether something is a wound or a scar. Mm -hmm. And if it's a wound, that means you're still healing, you're still processing and hold on to that thing because you're still trying to get through that time. And if it's more of a scar and you realize, okay, this is something that is from the past, but now I feel like I'm ready to let go, then you can let go during that time. And I was just curious, just sort of how your relationship with sentimental items has shifted because of this experience, Mm -hmm. maybe prior, it's like, ah, I'm not really sentimental at all. Or maybe you're super sentimental. I don't know, but just kind of like 
any mom out there who is having a hard time letting go of physical items, having to do with a loss, whatever that loss may be, mm-hmm. kind of how would you navigate through that? Um, and what advice would you give her based upon your experience? Okay, well, first of all, I love that analogy about the wound and the scar. Like I've never heard of that. And that was actually really beautiful. <laughs> so thank you for sharing that. I've always been a very sentimental person, but, and I would always give the advice of having like a physical boundary and try and keep, you know, your sentimental items contained to that. And, you know, a lot of people want to hold on to things from grandparents. And I say, you know, you don't need to hold on on to everything, choose what's most sentimental and, and keep those kind of things. But this is really hard because when it comes to a child, like for Colts, I have kept every single thing that, that he used because you know it smells like him it reminds me of him it's really like all I have left of him and so those items are very very important to me however like larger items like like his crib and his stroller he didn't actually use so they were easier for me to get rid of however if you know a mother lost a child that that slept in the crib and and used the stroller like i i can't imagine how they would ever part from those things so so my view has definitely changed when it's come to to sentimental items because before this i would i would probably say okay well let it let it go when when you're ready which of course i'll still say but i don't know that i would ever be ready to let go of those things and so so yes i i do approach sentimental items much more different now all of Colt's things do fit into a tote, luckily, and I do give myself permission to keep, you know, everything that I can fit into that tote, which I do. So my only my only advice would be not to rush that process ever, to give yourself grace that if you're not ready to let go of something, like you don't have to. Giving yourself that, that physical boundary is still very helpful, um, trying to keep everything contained to, you know, one area. I want to be able to like move forward still in a way that that he would want me to. So I don't want his things to like consume my life and consume my children's life. Like I don't necessarily want to be stuck in the past, but I do want to hold on to things that remind me of him. So this, of course, like it's much harder as a ch- if it's your child opposed to a grandparent. Like I've lost grandparents and and I will hold on to, you know, a few sentimental items rather than all of the sentimental items. And I really try and incorporate sentimental items into my everyday life. So I always say like, if you've kept your grandmother's china, like bring that out at holidays and use it. A quilt, like put that on your bed, that kind of thing. And I said to my husband, if if Colt had slept in his crib, I know I wouldn't have been able to part with it, but I said I would have made it into like a shelf to put in the bedroom and just like getting really creative to incorporate sentimental items so that they're not nests a box in your home and bring them, you know, to be part of your everyday life because that's why you you keep them because they're sentimental, they mean something, they they make you happy when you look at them. So so try not to keep them stored away and 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 keep the things that can add value to your life in your everyday life, that kind of thing. Yeah, I I love that. And I love the idea of being able to kind of reimagine or kind of repurpose how some mm-hmm. things are used. I think that's really beautiful because I could imagine, you know, for someone when you're not able to bring your baby home and you have the space prepared, then yes. it's hard to leave everything in that room as is because then it's like yes. you're opening and closing the door 
all the time, Absolutely. right? To and the it grief. It would be very painful. <laughs> very painful, right? But to be able to kind of incorporate things from that in a different way, I just think that is such great advice and so beautiful. And and you're right. I mean, not having experienced it myself, I can't imagine that experience being anything like anyone where you would anticipate that they would be mm-hmm. passing like an elderly yes. grandparent or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I think that that's, yeah, I think that that's really great advice. Is there anything else that you would want to say, I guess, to moms that are sort of experiencing loss and grief of any type? And just as far as like remembering what's most important and just kind of keeping that alignment with your values, anything you would want to say? Yeah, just reminding them to keep things as simple as possible and ask for help so that you can really lean into what's most important, which is, you know, grieving, allowing yourself to grieve, allowing yourself to heal, spending those quality moments with your loved ones, because that honestly is what helped me the most in my grieving process is just being able to spend time with my husband and my kids and my family members. And so asking for help with the other responsibilities. So if your house is not simplified the way that mine was, maybe you need to outsource some things. Maybe you need to hire a cleaning team to come in and do your cleaning for you or your laundry or have like a mail deli- or a, a meal delivery service, you know, set up, you know, don't be afraid to ask for help in order to keep things simple so that you can use your energy for the healing and grieving process. Yes. Wonderful. That's, that's excellent advice. I always talk about, you know, your most precious resources, and then you want that yes. to go towards what matters most. So that's really beautiful. Well, Casey, please let everyone know where they can connect with you. You have so much goodness going on <laughs> on Instagram and maybe other places other, otherwise that I don't know about. So tell everyone how to connect with you. Yeah. So I am that minimalist mom on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. And yeah, you can find me there. Okay, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show and chatting. It was just really lovely to have this conversation after you and I have been kind of more online buddies (laughs) for a while. And so thank you again for coming on the show. Thank you so much for having me. If you like today's podcast, here's what you can do. Just take 30 seconds to leave me a review. I know you're a busy mama. You're overwhelmed, in fact, but 30 seconds of your day makes such an impact. I'll be blessed by your words. They'll definitely make my day. And who knows, you might be entered for this month's giveaway. An Apple podcast, scroll down to write a review. Thanks so much for your time. I'm so grateful for you.